As we close out 2021 and head into 2022, what is it that we need to know? And I believe it is, as Mary ends her song, and we will talk about this morning, that God is our helper. God is our helper. Psalm 46 is a psalm that's very familiar to many people, often quoted in many different circumstances and situations. Sometimes they're drastic. I've used it and seen it quoted in funerals, in times of despair and hardship. But what if this is to be our constant cry? Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. I love that song, but it's good. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Interlude. I like to leave that there. Some of your translations may say, Selah. It's important that you recognize this word in this moment. The interlude or the Selah, the pause, is not just for you to sit there and think about something. Sometimes it is, sometimes it will be. You'll hear a truth that's so big and so grand, your heart is like, I can't hold, I don't, I don't know, I gotta reread that. Yeah, you might need to reread. But there's an also a moment in this pause that you're meant to lift up God. Psalm 1 through 46, 1 through 3, we just read, tells us that our God is a protector and a place of strength, always ready. How often is he ready? How often is he ready? Okay, say it like like you actually mean it. You're kind of like, well, sometimes. The scripture tells us that our God is a refuge and strength, always ready to what? You come on now. If you're drowning, how do you say it? Help! Help! Right? Like, I think there's a difference. But then when we sit down and when we read the scripture, we just fly through it. There's a reason this interlude stays present where it does. It means drop what you're going to rush into and consider the words you just took in. Our God is a protector, a shelter always ready. It says, so we will not fear when earthquake, when the literal earth is falling apart, our God stands ready to help. I love that the taunting almost begins immediately. It says, let the oceans roar and foam. Yeah, these oceans, they're big, they're bad, but let them. Our God literally stands with us as the earth shakes and trembles. Our God, let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Come on, just let them. Because our God is with us. Why you and I can confess these things together? Verse four, a river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed from the very break of day. God will protect it. Whenever a river being described in what the scriptures give us, it tends to mean God's spirit, God's mercy, God's word. And when the river of God flows, guess what happens? Life springs up. 
where the river of God goes, life and hope and joy and celebration. Read about it in the, old, in the prophets. You can read about it in Revelation. But where the river of the Lord goes, life, joy, security, growth, protection, there is reason to celebrate with joy. God dwells in this city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. Your stability, my stability, wherever God is present, he will hold us. This does not mean you will walk in a circum, like a difficult circumstance-free life. This means that when your circumstances and difficulties do come, you will not drown. They will not carry you off. You will be sustained for the day. Our God promises to carry us. Verse six, the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. This definitely doesn't sound like it was written 2000 BC. It actually sounds like it was written today, doesn't it? Nations crumbling, kingdoms crumbling, chaos around, but God's voice thunders and the earth melts. What a visual. The things around us destroying one another, crumbling down, you and I, we have the Lord whose voice, when he speaks, melts it all. And I love the the way that the the psalmist continues, the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us, verse seven, the God of Israel is our fortress. Interlude. I know we're more reserved group, but There are times when you celebrate what has just been read, when you cheer, when you get excited, when you jump up and down. Celebration is a part of the Christ follower's life. And with words like this coming to us, being delivered to us, being given to us as his people, there is great reason to be full of joy in this moment. It's why we're to go, oh wait, I need to read that again. If my heart didn't leap, If there wasn't any joy, maybe I just need to stop right here and not go any further until I've sat in, pondered, thought through, considered these words. Verse eight, come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. Sounds like a bad thing. For the believer, I promise you, it is a very good thing. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. Glorious work of the Lord is him destroying the world. What? When you and I look around and we see the chaos and the hurt and the pain and the abuses and the destruction, do you not want that brought to an end? I long for that. And guess what? The Lord's voice that melts the world will bring an end, will destroy the ways and the philosophies and the thoughts and the actions of a world that is set against him. Do you understand and believe that this is why the Christ follower can go, uh, interlude, I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna do a happy dance for a second, right? Like, hope is coming, peace is coming. The things we long for that, that are external, when we look around and we see the world affected by, he is going to bring an end to the pain and the destruction, and individually will wipe away every tear from every eye. The Lord will bring the peace we long for externally, but it doesn't stop there. Verse 10, be still and know that I'm the Lord. I will be honored by every nation. I will be 
honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Interlude. Be still. I love the, the, way it's, it, it, the way that it's packaged. Be still. I think sometimes we get, we're like, be still. Like, stop it. But the visual that the psalmist gives us is actually let go. Let go like a warrior has clenched fists. The same visual is a releasing. To let go and to be aware that God is God is to say, I'm done fighting under my own terms. I'm done fighting like I can win some kind of war. I'm done fighting trying to hold on to my kingdoms because they're crumbling and the chaos is obvious. The nation's crumbling, the the kingdom's crumbling, my kingdom crumbling. It's better to surrender and be aware that God is God. To know that he is God is to not just know information, which many of us probably do. That's why we're bored. We have a lot of information, but to experience skydiving over reading about it, to experience hiking the app trail versus reading about it, to experience swimming with sharks versus reading about it. When you come out of that experience, you're like, let me tell you, I know about these things. This is what the psalmist is speaking of. He's not just saying, hey, get some good information about God and that's gonna sustain you. Information, we live in an information world. You would have thought how easy we have access to information. We would be the most enlightened people, most changed people on the planet, but we're the most miserable because we have a lot of information but no experience with the Lord. We think because we know stuff but have we actually sat, have we selahed with the Lord? Have we had the interlude moment where we stopped and said, God, I'm tired of reading about you and this. I wanna know you because I've been going on what my information is rather than being able to sit and to be still and to listen to your words for me. And he says that I am God, I will be honored. Our help is over all this chaos and that the world will be settled externally, but guess what? Even while that's going on, our hearts are settled internally. See, this is, this is the power of the help of God. Not that you will go scot-free into the world, not experiencing hardship or difficulty, but that you will go into a world that is very difficult, and you will behold circumstances that are way bigger than you, but you will not be carried away by them. When you cry out, oh God, help me, do you know who you're speaking to? Do you know that you're calling on the one who sees you, who is with you, and who is undoubtedly, for the believer, for you? Or do you kind of see God as the the begruddled retail employee that doesn't want to help you, actually runs from you when you come into the store? Do you see him as the disgruntled parent who's like, you're gonna come again. I hear people say it all the time, like, I don't wanna seem grace needy. I'm like, why? Why don't you wanna seem that way? I am desperate for his grace. I'm tired of believing that I'm strong enough and I don't need it. I actually wanna say, hey, I am. I am so needy of God's grace because I know where I fall, but I need his help to follow him. 
Thankfully, we have a God who sees us. That's why Mary was able to sing the song, verse 52 of Luke 1. He has brought down, God has brought down princes from their thrones, and he's exalted the humble. God has shown his strength to both those who think he is, who think they're the strongest and those who know they're the weakest. He brought down the strong, and he brings up the humble. Verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. Those who thought they had nothing, he showed himself strong. Those who thought they were the strongest, he showed himself stronger. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. We want to know that God is strong enough to handle the circumstances of the world, but we want to know that God is close enough to handle the circumstances of our heart. It's great to know that God is powerful and able to bring peace around us. But what about peace within us? I love the story of Jesus on the water and the storms and the disciples freaking out and they're, they're, they've lost their minds. I watch, I watch how quickly God calms nature. How much longer did it take for the disciples to be calmed in that moment? Like nature was like, yep, we get it, you're God. The disciples still freaking out. Right? Like nature's like, yeah, we get it. You're God. The disciples are like, what? I'm now even more scared. I'm even more freaked out. A God who can bring external circumstances under control, but he also brings internal circumstances under control. God sees us. This is what help is. Help is seeing with and for. Three, they're so tiny. They're they're like the smallest words, but real help is someone who sees you, someone who's with you, and someone who is for you. And we see that in the scripture, Psalm 80. Turn us again to yourself, O God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will will we be saved. The psalmist knew, I gotta turn around, right? But when I'm looking for God, I want to know that God is looking at me. And it's not just that there's this big face smiling at you from heaven. That's not gonna help you. What they're saying is, I want to know your glory around us. I want to know your power among us. I want to know that you're on the move on our behalf. So to say, God, let your face shine down on us isn't just him going, let's throw some some glitter down on you. (laughs) It's, I wanna know that you see me. And all through the scripture, we hear of God's love for us, that he sees us. He is not oblivious to us. He's not ignoring us. He is not unaware of us. He is aware of every stinking hair on your head. And if you're balding, he knows it too. He knows if you don't have any hair, Seth, and that's good, right? It's really good. The beauty of that is that God sees us. This is what the scriptures teach. But he doesn't see you just like a spectator. See, in society today, we love the popcorn, right? The Facebook meme, right, where Michael Jackson's eating the popcorn. Somebody on, on Facebook makes this crazy comment, and then everyone's like, I'm just here for the comments. I'm just here to watch. I'm just here to be a spectator. I just want to see how things go down because, boy, they just put their foot in their mouth. It's over for them. Here we go. God does not watch as a spectator watches. He put down his popcorn and he puts on his gloves and he comes close. Scriptures tell us two times in, in Psalms 46 alone, the Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. 
He is not a spectator. He is not distanced. He is not a stranger. He is not watching. He is not going, well, let's see if this guy can figure this out. We all have views of God that need to be dealt with, and the scriptures do not paint the picture of the the two retail employees sitting in that back AV room watching the video camera as this one person tries to figure things out. That is not the God we walk with. He grabs his gloves, puts them on, and gets in the mess with us. Psalm 46 clearly says that he is for you and me as his people. God is our refuge and strength. How often is he ready? Say it again. Always. Always. Like in fights, you're never supposed to say always or never, right? Good, good counseling says don't use you always because they don't always and don't say you never because it's not that they never. Sometimes. But with God, we get to say always. That's a good always. Always ready in time of trouble. Again, a God who just sees us and who's with us but a God who would be against us would be really tough to handle, right? There are those times in life where, and I don't know if you've done this, but in retail, you walk into a store and you see the one person sitting in that store and you are like, I do not wanna ask them for help because I know this is gonna go bad. They're not gonna know what they're doing. They're not gonna help me. It's like you, you're there to help, but it doesn't help in this moment. I don't know if you've ever watched... Um, European footballers, when they get injured, right? When they get hit, they fall down on the ground. Well, they have these crews that run out and help take them off the, the field. I love this visual because it reminds me, you can show the soccer one. <clears throat> these guys are supposed to be carrying this guy off the field, helping him. This is not help. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> It's, it's not once or twice, it's three times. <laughs> and then he just chucks him down. Like, <laughs> it's great that God could see us, that God is with us, but if that's the kind of help we're getting, we're like, who needs that? But believer, I can tell you this emphatically, God is for his children. He doesn't simply watch. He doesn't simply stand around. We have the God of heaven's armies as our advocate. An advocate is one who comes along the side of another or who pleads the case for another. We have a very real advocate in our God. And I need you to understand at no point in history did God ever ask Israel to help him. At no point. Every time God saw Israel, God was with Israel, and God was for Israel, it was to benefit her and to see him as most glorious. Every time. The help of God was not so that, that Israel would do things for him. It was that God would come close and prove himself over and over and over so that his people would walk with him. This is the God of help that we walk with. Jesus was born into the world as a visual representation of God seeing us, God with us, God for us. He didn't just sit in his throne and throw truth bombs. The power of the incarnation is that he crossed borders 
put down his title as king of all things and became a servant. He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. God not only saw our need in our deepest sin, he came close, God with us, God for us as he laid his life down on the cross. And the result is the very same as the psalmist. Sometimes we just need to be still and know that he is God. Not only can he help us in our salvation, we need that first, but for the believer, we know that he is with us in our daily as well. As the band comes and we close and we prepare to sing our final song together of 2021, in Christ, the help of God is made visible. The disciples probably would have freaked out, I would have assumed, when Jesus says, hey, I'm gonna have to take off. I'm gonna have to leave you. And the disciples were like, well, why? Why, why, why would you do that? We, we've got a good thing going here. You're doing a great thing. You're like doing miracles. We're seeing you do powerful stuff. You're helping us. You're making things work. Everything's working. You're doing such great stuff. Why would you leave us? And Jesus says these words, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him, doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you and now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. I love that phrase, another advocate. Translations which suggest another advocates in the same way, in the same vein as the one before. So as Jesus came as our advocate, the Holy Spirit comes and does the same in us. Jesus did it with them. The Holy Spirit does it in them. Notice the change in words. The closeness just gets even closer. So when Mary says, you have helped Israel, when the psalmist says, let Lord, help me. And when you say this week, God, please help me through this. Do you know who you're asking for help? You are not only, you are not asking for help from a disgruntled employee. You're not asking for help from a fed up boss or a flustered parent. You are saying, God of heaven's armies, the one who sees me, the one who is with me, and the one who is for me, help me. Interlude. That's how we should end them every time. God of help stands ready. He is big enough to help us in salvation, and he is close enough to help us in our day today.